following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We have been in talking about over the last several weeks the prayer, your kingdom come. And we've been talking about different aspects. What does it look like when his kingdom comes? What are we talking about when we talk about his kingdom? And um, to some degree, this is in line with the fact that Jesus spent, um, after, after his death and his resurrection, he spent 40 days with the disciples. And it says he spoke to them about the kingdom. And so, although that wasn't in my mind, I just was, t- I was uh, impacted by that today when I realized we've been listening to Jesus speak to us about the kingdom leading up to this Sunday. We've been listening to him put vision in our hearts about the kingdom of heaven and what it is like and what it looks like to step into it and the king of this kingdom and his character and the culture of this kingdom. And this is something that is always going to be something that we're going to talk about because it's, it's really the essence of the gospel, the, the realities of his kingdom. And so we've talked about these different aspects that Jesus came to establish his kingdom. He taught about it. He demonstrated it. He facilitated it. He talked to the disciples and said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely you have given, freely give. And so there's an aspect where we've been talking about the fact that we have received a kingdom by coming into uh, an acknowledgement of who Jesus is, the, the truth about his death, his burial, his resurrection, coming into faith about what that means. And we receive a kingdom In scripture, it says, we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And I have really enjoyed getting myself back to that kingdom. How many of you have felt a little shaken over the last several years? Maybe we used to say two, now we say three. (laughs) That there has been this shaking going on on the earth, and we get to say, yes, but we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And we've been grounding ourselves in that place. We've been reminding ourselves that that is true, that we are not of this place that's being shaken. We are of this kingdom that cannot be shaken. We've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And I like what Jesus then instructs, where he says, Go and tell people the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Freely you've received, freely give. That we now, as those who have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, this means on the inside, in case you were wondering what that sign language was, uh, we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and we are meant to freely give of that kingdom, to freely invite people into that kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so this is really what Jesus was talking about, all leading up to um, his, his death when he was talking to the disciples, and even after, after the resurrection, but before he ascended, he was talking about this kingdom, and he, he was saying, this is what I came to bring, and now I want you to bring it. 
He didn't say, okay, now I'm going to go and the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to do all this stuff. Just watch for him. He, he said, I'm going to go and the Holy Spirit's going to come and through you, you're now going to carry and bring the kingdom in the same way that I did. And this was, this was what we're celebrating as we come into Pentecost is this, the promise of the Holy Spirit. We need to recognize that the Jesus coming to earth was not just about him being able to pay the price. It wasn't just about that. It was also about him giving us an opportunity to now, as always was intended, have the Spirit of God within us and and next to us and in front of us and behind us and everywhere. (laughs) To have a oneness with the Spirit of God, to have a, a restoration of this oneness that was destroyed at the fall of man. It wasn't just so that we could have a confidence that we will go to heaven and not to hell. It wasn't just so that we could have a confidence that our sins are forgiven and we can walk in a new way, but it was so that we could step into having the Spirit of God on the inside of us. We can say with confidence, we can sing with confidence, um, oh, now I can't remember the lyrics, of the first song, that all we want, you're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. Why? Because it's all the Father and the Son wants for us too. We can say with confidence, we, we want the Holy Spirit to come. Come, Holy Spirit. Because the Father and the Son want that too. That's their desire. That is what, what they, they have, the plan that they had put in order. This plan that was initiated by the love of the Father. And it was carried out by the authority of the Son. (laughs) And now it's empowered by the Holy Spirit for his kingdom to be able to uh, reign on the earth through us and in us. There's a promise of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want to remind us of, not because we're still waiting on the promise, but because sometimes we've forgotten what it is we've actually received on the day of Pentecost. what it it is that actually came. And so I want to review some of the promise of the Holy Spirit. In Ezekiel, we're going to go really fast because this isn't where I'm landing. In Ezekiel 36, 27, it's the prophecy where he is saying, I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes, which is just another word for, I'll cause you to walk within my boundaries or my order for how, how I've meant for you to walk. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statute and you will keep my judgments and you'll do them. This is part of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Not not that we would get saved again into law and trying to, from the outside in, obey all of these ways of God, but that he would, from the inside out, put the desire and the ability to walk in his ways. It's impossible without that. And so here's the promise of the Holy Spirit that we've received. In John 7, it's a little bit of a spoiler that John gives us, because he says that Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. 
Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. John tips his hand a little bit about what's about to happen. He says, when Jesus was talking about that rivers of living water would flow from those that believe, he was talking about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit hadn't been given yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified by going to the cross and resurrecting. Later, when Jesus is talking to them in John chapter 14, he says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Even in that moment, Jesus was saying, you know him because he dwells with you, but he's going to be in you. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. What I love here is that he says, I'm going to send you another helper. And that word another is another of the same kind, or the remainder of the rest. So it's not something totally different than Jesus. He's saying, I'm going to send you another helper of the same kind as me. Only he won't just be next to you, he'll be inside of you. He will will function from the inside out. In John 14, 26, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. This is the Holy Spirit that we have. In 15, 26, he says, When the Helper or the Comforter comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify about me. Did you hear the Holy Spirit testify about him today during worship? The Holy Spirit testifying to what Jesus did and the finished work that Jesus did. That reminds me. A word that Judy had. This is the Holy Spirit testifying to us today. It is finished It is done by the power of the Son. It is finished, it is done. A new victory and journey has begun. Let the Holy Spirit testify to you today that what we did during worship actually was us stepping into the finished work of Jesus in whatever those areas were that he brought to mind and you were pleading the blood of Jesus over as you received communion today. The Holy Spirit testifies to the reality of that. We have the Holy Spirit in our midst to testify to what Jesus did and how we can apply that today in our lives. In John 16, 7, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper cannot come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict or expose the world of sin, which is just missing the mark, and of righteousness, which is just what is deemed right by God, and of judgment, which is a decision or opinion concerning right or wrong. So he says, I need to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come and he can convict and he can convince (laughs) 
of sin, but also of righteousness. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that not only convinces us that we need the blood of Jesus, but it is the work of the Holy Spirit that's at work in Gavin, convincing him now of his righteousness in that. That he's no longer what he was. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. We could all day long tell one another, no, that's not who you are anymore. And we should, because sometimes the Holy Spirit's speaking through us. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit that convinces us of righteousness in him and causes us to walk in that way. This is the Holy Spirit that we received at Pentecost. In John 16, 13 through 14, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Who else said that? Jesus said that. I only say what I hear the Father saying. The Holy Spirit's the same way. He will not speak on his own authority. He only speaks what he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And then we have in Luke where Jesus is about to ascend. This is after he had resurrected and he had spent 40 days speaking to them about the kingdom. And he's about to ascend and he says, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. And this is the place that I feel like we are in today, or the response that I want us to have today, that we would recognize that we have received this Holy Spirit that was promised, that we would fully step into that reality. There are aspects of this where I see what Jesus promised to us, where I go, wow, I don't know that I'm fully tapping into that. I don't know that this Holy Spirit that is so available to me, am I really leaning into him as the spirit of truth? Where I sometimes wonder, what is true? Have you ever heard something or read something and gone, what is true anymore? We have a place. Thank you for participation. (laughs) We have a place, just us mostly, where we can... Bring that to the spirit of truth and he will show us and he will teach us. We have that. And yet, I believe that we are on the edge of fresh upper room experience. (laughs) If I look around at the fruit of my life or, or what's coming out of my life, I would have to say, I don't know that I'm getting upper room results. You know what I mean? I don't know that the church is having upper room results at large right now. Now, hear me. I see the work and the move of the Spirit all the time. (laughs) But I believe that there is a place that he's inviting us into where it overwhelms a geographical area. We're seeing little pockets of that. And I, I look at it and I say, I don't know that we can have upper room results without an upper room response 
to Jesus saying, go and wait for the promise of the Father. I believe that we are filled with the Spirit and we can be more filled. Not because he's withheld anything from us, and I've said this before. When we are asking God for more of his Spirit, what we are saying is, I will give you more of me. To be filled, it's all, all throughout Acts and in, in Ephesians, it talks about in Acts 2.4 that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's the initial filling. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and the tongues of fire and they, and they spoke in other tongues and they spilled out into the streets and the gospel was preached and people were saved and delivered and the Lord added to their number. And then later in Acts 4, Again, after they had been preaching and there was some persecution and they gathered together in one accord to pray. I don't know if it was in the same room. I don't think it really matters. It wasn't about the room. (laughs) It was about the intention and the response that they were giving to the Lord, that we're going to come together and we're going to wait for the promise of the Father for this time, for this space, for this place. And so they came together, and then it says again in Acts 4.31, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. In Acts 13.52, it says the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. There is a perpetual Pentecost that we're meant to walk in. There's a perpetual place of coming into the upper room and waiting for the promise of the Father to come in fullness and not waiting because when we step into Christ, we get all of him. We get all of him. We get all of his spirit, but he doesn't necessarily get all of us. That's a process of sanctification. That's a process of being transformed by the renewing of our minds, where my thoughts begin to make space for the fullness of his spirit to come. I believe this is the season that we are in. This is the season where he is saying, will you make space? Will you make space for me and and wait for the, the promise of the Father? Will you linger in that? This is his... his, um, invitation to us. In Ephesians 5.18, it says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And again, that word is a continual, it's a present continual tense. It's not filled like past. I was filled once. I was filled once. (laughs) But a continual filling that we would be filled with the Spirit It's also not a suggestion, it's an imperative. Be filled with the Spirit. It's a command, it's saying, be continually filled. Not like, hey, if you want to or if you feel like you need it. But this is something he's invited us into, to be perpetually filled. But it's also a passive verb in the sense that it means We are the ones that are being filled, but someone else is doing the filling. (laughs) We're just doing the waiting for the promise of the Father. So we want to invite the Holy Spirit in that today, that we would 
ask him that we would make our hearts an upper room, (laughs) that we would make our homes an upper room, that we would make this church an upper room in this season. We feel like where we're going over the next several weeks is simply to just learn to be filled. That there is a filling. I, I wanted to, originally we were talking about your kingdom come and then we're going to be sent. And I felt like the Lord says, you should probably be filled first. <laughs> because they weren't sent till they were filled. And there was a waiting on him for that. And it's not a, it's not a one and done kind of a thing. It's not a, okay, here's the event. Today is your day to be filled. That one day only (laughs) must act now. (laughs) Today is our day to posture ourselves to say, I will make my home an upper room. I will make my heart an upper room. One of the the language that Jesus used, mm, I think Paul for sure, I'd have to see if Jesus ever talked about it this way, but used was that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? And there's a couple different places that this talked about. In some places, it's when it says you, it's talking about you, individual, Renee Calva person, are a temple. And in other places, it's talking about you all are a temple. And that's what I want us to step into today as we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, that we recognize that there is more to be had in him. And when we ask for more, we're not asking because we have a place of lack. We're not asking because he has withheld something from us. We're not asking because we don't have the Holy Spirit and we're hoping we can get it. We're asking because we know that we have the Holy Spirit and we know there's more. We know that there there is more space. This word to be filled means to be completely supplied, filled to the maximum, filled to the limit. It implies being filled to one's individual capacity. I believe that he is enlarging our capacity to be filled. We had a word a few weeks ago about that, that there's, for some of us, we're beginning to feel this hunger or this emptiness, like, like God, where, where are you? We need more of you. And he showed us a picture at, our, at an elder retreat when we were praying together and just asking the Lord about what he's doing in the body and all of that. And he showed us a picture that that sense of emptiness and longing and wanting more is not because we're actually empty. It's because he actually gave us a bigger bucket and he wants to now fill that bucket. That we've, we've had a capacity to be filled. He's, now he's giving us a larger capacity to be filled. And what we've had so far doesn't quite fill that space. So we need a fresh filling we need to come up into the empty or upper room and say, we're waiting on the promise of the Father for the fullness of your spirit to come in this time. 
not because you have withheld from us, not because we lack, not because we, we haven't received, but because there's more that you want to give us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.